This week, we tell the story of the Chinatown bus that wasn't, and the coffee shop sign that enraged locals. You're listening to the Fake Outrage Report. Welcome to the Fake Outrage Report, the least important debate show on the internet. I am Sandeep Sen. With me, as always, is Phil Causey. Phil. I am, uh, you didn't give me an adjective this week that threw me uh, off. I was going to say the low glycemic index to Phil Causey. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Because I'm used to hearing beautiful or scrumptious. Uh, I like that yeah. one. That's more scientific you're going with Delicious. this week. Yeah. You know, let's, uh, let's technify this up a little bit. All right. Well, you are a doctor, so it's about time you bring some medical terms into my, uh, physical, uh, attractiveness, I yeah. guess. Your that liver like... is probably as slim as the, as your, <laughs> the rest of your body, the outward part of it. Oh, uh, you no have a good liver over here. You have a good week. Uh, I had a great week. Uh, I uh, had a had another roast battle at the Matt Marin's, our our four aforementioned guest Matt Marin's uh, battle. And Phil, you helped me with the joke. I helped. Uh, you, I mean, you, you legit wrote a joke, which, which 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 killed. Yes, I did a joke where I mentioned that one of our other previous guests, that she's a female with short hair, and that she looks like the kind of person with a haircut that looks like she's about to um, plan a hostile takeover of a local PTA meeting. Yes. Or something. Uh, you, you shortened it to like a good joke, but I had the gist of the joke and then you, you actually yeah. made it into a roast, roast worthy joke. I mean, sometimes I'll have an idea and you'll like, you'll, you know, you'll help it with, with the wording and stuff. But this one was completely you. I wouldn't have never like come up. I didn't, I didn't have a joke about the hair. I didn't have a, the, the tie to the PTA. You know? <laughs> you know, what's funny is, is that with the roast uh, jokes and shit, is that I'm not a g- good roast comic. I don't consider myself to be one. But a good amount of people, I want to say about a half dozen people, always hit specifically me up to help out with their roast jokes. I don't know why, but I can I can help tighten a roast joke, but I can't write them that well. <laughs> so it's rare that I actually do a good one. Hopefully oh, Matt's yeah. listening and he's like, yeah, you're right. You do suck at Fight Club. Anyway, let's bring our guest into this. Hello, Perry Strong. What's going on? Perry Strong. I've known, known you for a long time now. What, four, yeah. four or five years? God, yeah. I feel like I don't remember being in comedy and not knowing you. Okay. Yeah. So, when did you start? Uh, like very late 2010, early 2011, somewhere. Oh, in there. we started the same minute. Okay. Yeah, that one. I, I was like December 13th, 2010. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think I was a, what a week or two after yeah, you. Yeah. We yeah we've known each other the whole the whole run. Yeah. Because oh, I started in 2010 as well. Oh, all right. Shit. Well, hey, yeah, here we are right. all together. And you know what else we, we have? We have come. We're we're all single dudes above the age of 30 here in New York as yeah. well. Way we all over that 30. Common. Way over 30. So this is going to be the uh, podcast episode where we talk shit about bitches. <laughs> Who was... <laughs> Not really. So Perry Strong, uh, check him out at perrystrong.com. You have a project that just came out recently called Mandem. Yes, uh, Mandem. Uh, Mandem Encounters made an album. Uh, this is basically uh, a culmination of, let's say, about five years of heavy cocaine use. Uh, <laughs> I would. So uh, your Los Angeles days? No, no. It's uh, it's New York. New. I mean, L.A. was. I didn't even make music then. But this was when I moved back to New York. We would get messed up and start making music. And then I was like, I looked at. I had like fifteen songs that were incomplete. And I was like, I gotta get sober. So uh, we went through years of music, put it all together, made an album. 
And it was my sobriety project. I'm now and sober. The subject matter in it is mostly what I just mentioned, being like a single dude trying to go out at night. And oh, absolutely. It's the same subject matter as like that sort of 80s hair metal rock. It's party music is what it is. It's all, yeah. And it's, it's not It's not a comedy. It's not a musical comedy album. It's a music and a comedy album. It's a music and comedy album. Yeah. yeah. Music to frolic too. You know, yeah, it's like, like if you put it on, you'd be like, oh, that sounds like it could be on the radio. It's not like it's not like the Lonely Island farce. It's not farce. I mean, the subject matter is ridiculous and and dirty, but it's, it's well, yeah. You've you've been in some weird places and done some weird things. Yeah, I've done stuck a lot your of penis in I've lived weird in places. Life. Wait, what kind of music is it? Are you singing? I am singing, singing. I'm rapping. It's uh, there's uh, punk, uh, metal, dance, rap. And who's putting the beats together? Are you uh, playing several different producers? Uh, I, there's one track that's totally produced by me, um, and it's kind of like an indie rock thing. Did you have people uh, playing the instruments? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought in producers. To work and then on you mix it, in so. skits too. I've noticed. Yeah, so there's three skits. Th- that's the... what I meant by music and the comedy. Right. The but music the... tracks are music tracks, and the comedy right. tracks are comedy tracks. Right. But they're yeah. Exactly. And within the music, there are pieces of my stand-up, like things that I say in my stand-up are in the songs. How cool! So like yeah, yeah there's a great song. stories you about your exes out. too. I assume right. My my crazy ex who you know I played the voicemail. That's that voicemail <laughs> that you guys can check out on the <laughs> album. Uh, is and I still see that girl. I still love her, but it's problematic. But there's great tracks like first. Is Nightmare. she aware that she's she's made your? Oh album? yeah, she comes to the shows all the time. Yeah, she's she knows. <laughs> oh, have you ever been to one of his shows? He no. plays this chick's voicemail on the stage of this <laughs> one time that he got. I guess you got caught cheating a few years ago. No, I was. This is when I was in love. I wouldn't. I couldn't. I didn't see other. I just had tunnel vision for this woman. But I like liked some girl's Instagram or poked someone on Facebook, and she lost the fucking plot because she's a psychotic woman. So I mean, it's whatever. It, yeah, and I still talk to her. I still know. But her. you still know her. her. She's still great. She's still insane. But you know, she's getting better. <laughs> she's getting old now. So you know, she's an old broad. So. So, you know, they started mellowing out, but she's starting to look like <laughs> a mummy unraveling. To be psychotic. Yeah, she's starting to look like a mummy unraveling, so I don't know how much longer. No, so you're okay. saying you got a chance to settle down with her soon? I really, yeah, I could. I could. But I just want to throw this out there. If anyone wants to check out the album, uh, it's on my site, perrystrong.com. Great songs like First Night Missionary Anal. Yes. My ode to Danzig, pretty good. Is it on iTunes and? It's on iTunes, Spotify, title. It's on SoundCloud also. It's on everything. I listen to it. My favorite track off it is called uh, "I Don't Think I Can Get You, But I Want to Try." Oh wow, you (laughs) like that? All right, cool. That's my favorite. Well, well, you know what it is because that that emotion is very real Mm -hmm. when when you're either walking around or you're at a bar wherever you are and you see some girl who's just a total knockout, right? And you're just like, fuck. I really want to talk to her, but I don't know what the hell to do. I don't know what to say. And so it's a real emotion of like, you know, I don't think I can get you, but I want to try. I I want to fucking, I want to step to the plate, see what happens. Probably I'm going to fail, but fuck it. But you got it. Because the thing is, the ones that hit you and you're like, you know, you make, you you know, you see a girl, you make, she makes your teeth clench. You're just like, oh, I need it. And you don't say anything to her. And then like you think for three days later, you're like, why didn't I, I, at least I would have known. You know, I would have had a shot. And then, you know, Dude, that's that's uh, not yeah. three days later. There, There is a woman who I don't know who this person is, but I, I was walking around the East Village between like open mics years and years ago during yeah. the summertime. Yeah. Beautiful red dress, unbelievable, just a knockout. Yeah. And I wanted to go up and say something to her right outside of Tompkins Square Park. And I didn't. I pushed out and she walked into some like dance studio or something. Right. Oh, that was in like 2014. I still to this day regret not walking up and being like, hey, I just well, like, it's just how it is, man. You got to try, man. You got to buy that lotto ticket. You got to do. do it. You have to. And so that's why that song particularly, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is real shit. This is real. <laughs> that's Greer's, that's Greer's favorite song. Oh, and yeah. He, and he's on the last track. I was going to say, he's on the album. I know he's been in one of your videos. Mm-hmm. Oh, another project that you, you did years ago was uh, Perry Strong Comedian. Oh, yeah, that was the Check first. Check it out on YouTube. 
Yeah, yeah, that's all. Perry, go to Perrystrong.com. I'm not going to plug the shit out of myself. But yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, We're going to plug video. the shit out of ourselves, by the way. If you like us, <laughs> the fake outrage report at gmail.com is where you tell us that we're misogynists or whatever the case may be fake outrage repped on twitter give us some good reviews sandeep you want to get into some outrage uh let's do this okay you want to start with yours today yeah let's start uh okay our first uh story comes to us out of denver colorado where a coffee shop was targeted by protesters after displaying a sign that said happily gentrifying the neighborhood since 2014. <laughs> <laughs> so this caused protests, social media outrage. The coffee shop had a window broken and the words white coffee were painted on the building. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Apparently in Denver, this is a sore subject because uh, the city has a, is getting a lot of influx of, uh, of people from out of town and neighborhoods well, are changing. Yeah, I know that out west, too. In New York, people don't get violent about gentrification, but in San Francisco, they will fucking, they'll break windows of new luxury buildings being built and shit. I know it's much more serious out there. I mean, really? it's it's bad here in New York, but I have, you know, friends in San Francisco um, who, like, yeah, if they see some dude who they think is, like, a newbie in the neighborhood, they'll walk up to him and, like, tell him off right in the middle of a taco shop, you know, like, fuck you and your Google job or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's it's much more common out in the Western states to, like, really get violent, huh? to violently resist gentrification. I mean, which is interesting. Yeah, that's tough, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. look, I, you know, I grew up in New York in the late 70s and early 80s, and I don't miss fearing for my fucking life. I don't know. It's tough. You know, it's it's some benefits to this shit. It's expensive, though. It sucks. Where do poor people live? You know, I mean, I only go to the projects now to get drugs. Well, not, not, not since I'm sober, but back, that's the only time. I'm, so I haven't been to projects in a while. You know what I'm saying? Well, like you're saying with the whole thing, you know, like your rent goes up, but your crime rate goes down. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the, the argument yeah. for it. Um, I, you know, I, I guess I'm guilty of helping gentrify neighborhoods because I'm a white guy from Connecticut. Yeah, but you ain't rich. I mean, at least not that I know of. Are you wealthy? I feel like no, it's a wealthy no, one. So it's no, really I, I got lucky in my rent, so I get to live in the <laughs> semi-nice part of Brooklyn, but not really. I mean, it's, right. I'm not somebody who can just whip out a few grand a month for right. some kind of high-rise building or whatever. You know? I never quite understood the 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 outrage at, at gentrification. It just, I, I don't understand it. Well, what it is is people who grew up their whole lives there, they don't really want to leave, but their rent went up by $500 right. and they have to leave. So they have to go to an even shittier neighborhood. But what kind of entitlement do you have where you have to live in the exact same fucking neighborhood um, that you and your parents lived in? Right, that's you like know? basic basic human territorial. It's like I'm yeah, from my my people have been in these lands. You're like, well, that doesn't really. It's a homeland thing, and I, I understand the emotion behind it. I mean, if somebody walked up to you and was like, "Hey, uh, get the fuck out of here. We we want to move some other people in, and they want artisanal cupcakes." No, no, right. no, that's, that's not, that's yeah, not yeah. what's happening. Is is the people in the neighborhood are telling people who are trying to move because teachers or whatever people who need affordable rent right. um, are, that you can't move in here and you're not welcome here. And I, 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 it hurts me as a person to like, and it's usually against white people, but you can't tell someone because of their race or their gender that you can't move into a neighborhood. It's totally, right. it's totally un-American. It's to not necessarily the race. I think it's more of a class thing because they know that with a certain type of clientele, rent's going to go up and then eventually them and their family are going to have to all move somewhere else for a while. It's, I yeah, think it's then move somewhere else. I, I don't like my parents came from, you know, from India to move to this country and People send, you know, like we, we know it's ha- people send their children on these trains going through South America just to come here to make half of minimum wage. You don't get a right to not move a, a mile down if you can't afford the rent, you know, and I don't know why people would think that they're entitled to to stay in one area. 
I mean, is that with also with the culture too? Because I think that you know when neighborhoods become sort of nicer or fancier, you lose some of the culture because you lose the original bars and the original delis, and it ends up being Dwayne Reed's and TD Max. Right, you lose character. And yeah, so you yeah. don't have like the cool like the whatever the Latin music clubs or whatever used to be there before. Right, uh, and that's kind of what people hate about it, is they walk around their old neighborhood and they just see it taken over by these corporate conglomerates. And, right, no neighborhoods right. change. Like that's I, I don't I what what kind of a privileged life do you lead where this is your my fucking Latin club is now a Dwayne Reed like this is the this is gonna get your do you understand what's going on in the world like how people are living in the world where this is your fucking big complaint and you think that society owes you to stay in the exact same place with the with the exact same neighborhood feel and then the exact same rent. Well, Usually it's a matter of like there's the reason that people are coming in is things are like the, the, the rents are rising and they're looking for something that's affordable. And then there's always going to be a shittier neighborhood like that you can move to there. Like like Bushwick is right. like is like the more affordable neighborhood of, of Brooklyn. So you move to Bushwick. Well, what like if it's you, the same shit. You well, know? what if you're like a, you know, a single mom and you got three kids and they are, you know, getting they're in one certain school and now they're forced to move into a shittier neighborhood with shittier schools. Oh, they're and forced to change schools. Oh, these kids. How are we gonna? How 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 are they gonna live moving to a different school? I mean, that's the thing. That is that does that's hard on a family to move. I mean, from yeah. from I mean, I could say from the fir- from the first to the twelfth grade, I went to like twenty schools, and that's probably one of the reasons I'm really fucked up in the head. Um, but it had nothing to do with gentrification. It did not it's have just, to do with gentrification. It didn't do with gentrification, but it had to do because my parents. Would you say it saying, helped though, or hurt? I mean, <laughs> it couldn't help. There's <laughs> no goddamn way it helped. helped. <laughs> you know, I, I, the only thing, only thing about moving a lot that makes you good is like you're good at walking in a room and making friends. That's about it. And oh, wait, but also makes you nuts. At most you're going to move like once because of gentrification specifically. If your rent goes higher, you well, know. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you have a neighborhood where everyone's poor, you know, low, low, middle, you know, you know, lower class. Um, to move, it's like, well, you, you can get, you've lived there for a long time, you've made this house your home, and it's like, well, because you don't make this much money, you have to go to an even shittier place. That's a that's a hard thing, especially if it's families that have been here, and if it's, you know, usually it's going to be black and, and Latino, and it's the, the options to move upward aren't the best, so it's like, well, this is all I have is this little bit of shit, and now I'm losing that. So I could see someone losing their head over that. Well, wait, you're saying you have to move to an even shittier neighborhood. It's not that your neighborhood got better. You're, you're moving to the same shitty, but you're just moving. No, I don't think that. I, I, I don't no? think like, you're looking I, at like, that right, brother. Why, how did the, re- the rent... You're looking at... It's like, look, you live in a piece of because... shit, go live in another piece of shit. You know, right. it's like... Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, you're not, you're, that's some like, cold-blooded shit, Sandy. I can't... Yeah. <laughs> what's the cold-blooded... But, like, what's the alternative that we, you, you get... In, that, the, that society owes you to live in the same neighborhood? And do, it owes you the, uh, a same rent? Like, how do you want government? Well, to get I mean, there in is that? protection against. You how know, are you rents not a Republican, Sandeep, with uh, that fucking attitude? Well, this kind of <laughs> shit—that's pretty gangster. I mean, that is a like, that, you understand that is a what free market attitude. Is that, is that when you just like you just said some white guy is being yelled at by people for moving in to like you can't you can't move to where you want to move. I mean, that's an ex- your, I think that's an extreme reaction. I don't think this is happening daily, and it's you know it it's, it's something here. that happens over time. But sure, we're talking about this is an extreme thing, and. No, you, a motherfucker shouldn't get attacked for moving into his apartment. You know what I'm saying? Right, and spray painted and windows broken. I like one guy, um, uh, one person on uh, in the story. Like one person's like a pro gentrification sign to a black person is like hanging a whites only sign. It is fucking not. And <laughs> okay. don't, well, well, don't well, let's. You know what? Don't like denigrate and what racism was. What happened in this country? To you have to fucking move because the rent went up because the market price of the property went up. Right? This is just like. This just happens in life. You have to take some shit in life. 
Okay, thank you, Conservative Sandy. Um, <laughs> that's uh, no. Here's the thing: uh, we can debate the whole like negative effects or neutral effects or whatever of gentrification all day, but let's focus on the outrage of this specific sign. Yes, um, right. This specific sign is not the most offensive thing in the world. We did it. We did a story uh, about a year and a half ago on the show. I think might even before you joined me, where there was a restaurant that had put up a sign that said "Black Olives Matter." <laughs> Hilarious <laughs> restaurant signage humor in the front of it right. is always a little edgy. Sometimes it'll say like you know, "Come get a cold drink as cold as your ex's heart" right. or something. And nobody, there's no women's groups protesting outside the restaurant for that. So I do think that in the case of the restaurant sign, uh, maybe it's sort of like adding insult to injury, and that's mm -hmm. why there's people that are outraged about it. Right. But it's not because of a gentrification or anything. It's a fucking <laughs> sign in front of a coffee shop. It's like, we only want the whites for this coffee. That's it. No niggas. Uh, so Keith Herbert, who's the owner of the restaurant, said, I recognize that we had a blind spot to other legitimate interpretations to the word gentrification. I sincerely apologize. Absolutely and unequivocally. I'm embarrassed that we failed our local community for the anger, frustration, and disappointment many of our neighbors are feeling. He, and he wrote that. And after that, that's when they still have the protests. That's when the... That's when the windows broke. Well, in. apologies like, don't do anything anymore. Apologies don't do anything anymore. Yeah, it's useless. It's no. a useless in 2017, fucking thing. You might as well just fucking pull Roy Moore and fucking double down because yeah. the thing is, if you apologize, the mob is gonna be like, "Oh, you admitted you're wrong." Okay, and they're just gonna come for you even harder. That's the thing I've noticed with with the outrage yeah. culture, and that, that that's separate from this topic even. And in Parrot, you've seen it. I think you've just uh, you're about to jump in. So what were you gonna say? <laughs> what were you gonna say? About no, that? I was just like, yeah, it's one of those things. Now it's like the apology is basically. Yeah, that's not the best, and I'll learn from it. That's kind of all you can really do. I mean, that's if you look at the Louis C.K. apology, if you look at all these other apologies, it's just like, yeah, that wasn't the best, and I'll try to do better. What people do though is that they take the apology and they pick it apart, and they and they try to then right. try to pick it apart as to like why that's more offensive. Right. I mean, that's a, yeah, it's tough because everyone has so much time to sit and. Just find something to be fucking upset about. It's just, you know, you can't win. Well, you that's can't what win this win. show is about. That's right. The fake that's outrage right. That's right. It's fake outrage. Fake outrage. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so I have so, nothing real to say. So there, what do you sorry. think on on, uh, on this? You go on fake outrage? <laughs> like, oh, you got more to say first. Okay. No, no, I'm guessing that. I'm guessing you could you could surmise what my, what my reaction would be. Yeah, usually you be. don't tip your hand that early. You you literally started with like, fuck this topic. Mm. Like, <laughs> you don't usually do that. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Sometimes, yeah, but I just, I, I can't, I, I can't, I, I can't like see gentrification as like some, as people really being victimized. This well, is like, I, I can, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I do still think this coffee shop sign is not the worst symptom of it. So I'm going fake outrage as far as the sign goes. Right. But I, I do understand people's lives do get adversely affected by it. Right. But like, why, how does this, how does life owe you the exact same neighborhood and the exact same rent? Like it's a, the, the, the logical twist, like, yeah, I, you can complain about shit that happens in life, but like. Then you have to like go. You have to like think think three steps ahead of like what you're. Are, Sandy, it's, your it's because legit, the rent you know? is too damn high. Yeah, right. Okay. I mean, that's a local reference. I want to know what you think York, about what happened to the Native Americans, motherfucker. That's, he's just that's, like, that's he's like, well, them niggas needed to move. Well, you know, they had it's just no, time to go. It's time to go. It's time to go. They couldn't afford the rent <laughs> on those that, open fields the in Kansas. This is People are conflating gentrification, which is like the. the the, the a neighborhood change of the rents rise to Native Americans and <laughs> whites only and are you kidding me? Well, there are extremes of it. I mean, the I'm sure there are some people who just move a neighborhood down and they're fine. But then there are other cases like you heard about, like I think it was the Jared Kushner, one of the people that's in the 
our favorite administration's family doing like lighting fires in hallways and shit to like scare people out of their buildings and stuff. Mm. Like there, when people are literally being forced out of their homes, it's like the extreme gentrification. Right. You know, that's not gentrification. That's people vandalizing and forcing someone out of but their that, home. That's the that's, thing that's is they want to do it. They want to do it. No one's for that. If no, but Sandy, if they want to do that so they can knock the building down and then put up a high rise and gentrify the neighborhood harder, you know? Mm. Right. But and, those people should go to jail. I like, there is no tolerance for that. But sure. The, I don't, I don't see the complaint here is that that coffee shops move in and then rents rise. Well, coffee shops again, coffee shops are the symptom that they're not right. the cause. They're right. oftentimes like when you see a coffee shop or a cupcake shop or a yoga studio or whatever hack joke you want to put there, um, when you see them in the neighborhood, people locals think, "Oh shit, our rent's going up." Right. I get. And how racist is black people don't enjoy coffee shops or cupcakes? What what, what kind of racist <laughs> shit is that? Wait, per, Perry's black. Perry, do you like coffee shops and cupcakes? I like, yes, I they, mean, of course. I don't. I, Who doesn't I, like a cupcake? No, listen, it. I love cupcakes. I don't really chill in coffee shops. I never got that shit. I mean, I go mm-hmm. meet my white friends there for meetings, but that's. <laughs> 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 I guess even my white side's kind of like, yeah, we don't need that. I got a redneck white side. Okay. So. Do you know? I'll, let me explain to you my why I go to coffee shops is because I like in the summertime going to parks and reading or writing at parks. Right. But the fucking problem is when you live in the Northeast, uh, it's winter 10 months a year in right. New York City. Mm-hmm. So you need somewhere to go that's not your apartment. So mm-hmm. I can't do work in my apartment. I try. I understand. I yeah. sit down on my fucking yeah. chair and I start watching YouTube or whatever and I mm-hmm. four hours later. So if we go to a coffee shop, I, I can get shit done. It's a, the mental right. whatever. No, for sure. That's my park in yeah. the wintertime. Yeah. So that, that that's what, what white people do is we want to <laughs> not be lazy and binge Netflix. We go to the coffee shop. An office an office outside the house. You know, for those of you who don't have a, a big-ass house that has an office or a whatever room. See, I have an office, so what are you going to do? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> We're rub it in. All right, so uh, what do you think about the sign? Do you think this is a case of fake outrage, or do you think people are legitimately outraged about it, Perry? I mean, I don't... I. I'll go with fake outrage. I don't, you know, everyone's, everyone's pissed off all the time. I don't even know anymore. I just, I'm like, yeah, someone else is angry. Great. All right. What's, it's cool. I don't know. So I don't have anything great to say about it. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit, but whatever, you know, yeah, let well, people I, have their, have their, uh, their protest. I mean, I think you're right because people are always mad about stuff. But the thing is, if, if you're going to protest gentrification, don't protest a coffee shop sign. Go to your local board meeting. Try to push for harder rent control laws. Mm-hmm. You know, try Absolutely. to get some, some real estate laws in the books rather than just bitching at a store owner because you put up a right. sign that you didn't think was cute enough. Right. Exactly. So that, that's why I'm going to fake outrage is that the outrage in yeah. this case doesn't solve anything at all. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> in most cases, yeah. it doesn't. In most times. No right. sense. Sandy, we're ready to move on here? All right, let's do it. We're going to go to your hometown now. Chicago. We're going to Chicago, Illinois for this next story. Two domestic stories this week. This story happened um, around the University of Illinois campus area. I don't know. Is that in Chicago proper? You would know. I wouldn't. Uh, No, University of Illinois is in uh, Champaign, which is like downstate. It's it's about a two and a half hours south of Chicago. Oh, Oh, so it's not actually in Chicago, this story. This is like... Well, this bus is taking people to the campus, right? Uh, yes, so the, I think it's. I think the bus goes from the Chicago area to. Okay, so yeah, there's a bus company called the Suburban Express, which I I don't know anything about them. I don't know if you've ever ridden it, Sandeep. I assume you're at the level of privilege where you've never ridden the bus in Chicago. But it's. Uh, <laughs> well, it's no, a I didn't go to does, U of I, so I wouldn't have taken this bus. Yeah, so I guess this bus does local trips around the uh, state of Illinois. I guess I don't actually know. You, I was hoping you. I was leaning on you and your local knowledge of this, but oh, you from what I understood, <laughs> no, from what I understand, this is a bus that like. That it says it shuttles between um, Chicago area and college campuses. So like, yeah. it's like it's a company that they'll you know 
people like Chicago area, a lot of a lot of yeah. people are live there. And so the they suburban have to go to college. Yeah. So the Suburban Express Company, uh, they were sending out an email doing their holiday promotion. And they pissed a bunch of people off with this email. So they were sending out a thing, you know, saying season's greetings and ride our buses and all that. And they had a list of perks that their company offers on their bus line. And most of it was normal shit. Most of it was like, oh, we have clean seats and, you know, refundable tickets and, you know, nice policies and no baggage fees. But then right in the middle of the list, one of their perks was passengers like you. You won't feel like you're in China when you're on our buses. (laughs) I'm sorry. I saw. I love. I love it. That's so fucked up. I love it. <laughs> when I read it, I laughed my ass off too. I, it's I not it. a rickshaw. You know, you're like, what the it's fuck? Like, oh god. Oh, that, that I found funny because that is a stereotype. Yeah. Of like the the Chinatown buses just going to any tourist attraction, opening the door, and forty Asian people get off. It, it is a stereotype. And and I used to work at a casino. Which is even doubly the stereotype because everyone knows that oh, yeah. Asians love gambling. Mm-hmm. But like, so that that when I read this, I did laugh my ass off. It's hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that being said, when you're doing like a like a email trying to get customers to come, uh, I don't know if it's the time or the place for it. No. Well, I thought the funny thing was <laughs> no. I thought you could explain that away as saying like it's not against Chinese people, but it's against like a lower quality bus. Like, like, a, like, a, like a China has lower quality. So yeah, but shit. no, but, but in that case, but well, then he explained it. The explaining the explanation made it so much worse. You ought to read the explanation. What did he say? Oh, so the yeah. So, was, to me, I'm like, oh, <laughs> the, I, I'm like, I'm going to try to work with you. Yeah, let me push back on yeah. something you just said. Is it? It does infer that Chinese people are shitty because it infers that if you're on a lower quality bus, that's who's on the bus. You know what I mean? So you're. Well, I, you could I, right. That's what it infers. <laughs> it's but not I good. Think, I, at least you could work with them and say, oh, Chinese workmanship is shittier than American workmanship. And so a Chinese bus, the bus itself, is a shittier bus. If you want to twist and if you want to try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But then he took away all benefit of the doubt when he made the statement. Would you want to read the statement, the apology? That he, I, I will. Well, I don't have the full one in front of me, but I have some choice cuts from it because it yeah. was long. I don't want to read the whole thing. But so, yeah, the, he was not really forced to apologize. But the, by the way, the word sorry is not anywhere in this email. They sent a follow-up email after a bunch of people got mad about this. And it was titled <laughs> Apology. Oh, it was? That's the title. Of the, oh, that was okay. the subject of the email. <laughs> and so, and this is a, one of the quotes here. says, The remark is being interpreted as a slap in the face of all non-Caucasian students for some reason. Unquote. For some reason. No. The, it sounds like I wrote it. It sounds like <laughs> I'm apologizing like a group of like female comics for saying something supposedly sexist <laughs> in a, like a show one time. I'm like, yeah, for some reason, everyone got mad. The first part of the apology is we made a remark based on the fact that our competitor mostly handles Chinese international students. Jesus Christ. This is being interpreted as a slap in the face of all non-Caucasians. Yeah, because you... You're you're like you can at least be like no, I'm just blaming Chinese workmanship, and they're like no, we meant there aren't Chinese people on the bus, and that's a selling yeah. point. No fucking chinks <laughs> on this bus is what we were trying to say, and that was oh. the apology. It's like no, that's what they were blaming you for. The email then goes on. Yeah. There's more. It doesn't end there. Uh, he then said that he blames it on the fact that the university was poorly run and they were in debt. So to fix it, they uh, admitted more students from China who had to pay the international tuition fee, which mm-hmm. is higher, mm-hmm. so they could make money off of it. And they said that... Oh, I'm trying to find the next part of this. Oh, yeah, yeah these here. asshole Chinese are subsidizing your education. Exactly. <laughs> these fuckers. 
for paying more. So now you, the, all the common facilities that you use, you could pay less for your, the get le- more. Right. Here's my, less. here's my favorite part of this though, is that where he says right here that there's a, a high percentage of non-native English uh, speakers and it places a variety of burdens on domestic students. Who are subsidizing your college? What's the burden exactly? Well, domestic that, students saying that that's like one step down from literally being like, "Who let all these Orientals in?" Yeah, it's so like, right. that it's, is. It's like yeah, it's like yeah, Peter Pan, no niggas. You know, you're like, <laughs> yeah, come right. on, what are you doing? That's like, exactly what are you doing? Like. There's no way around. That's just whack. It's right. Just, oh my God. I had to write a Peter Pan bus one time back from Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know how sometimes you get in the bus and you're one of the first stops and there's no one, so you get on, and then every stop you're like, please don't sit next to me, please don't sit next mm-hmm. to me. So this one time, I, I, I'm riding back from Connecticut on the Peter Pan bus, and this like 300-pound black woman gets on the bus, mm. and she sits next to me, of course, Dang. and so I'm like literally smushed up against the window for the next three hours while I'm getting a breakup text from this girl that like I really oh. liked. <laughs> it was like... The closest to hell I could possibly. At least you were getting a lot of touch. You got a little, a little yeah, human I did touch have, on, yeah, on I had human contact as I was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh God, it's warmth with the coldness. I'm yeah. sorry, that sucks. That's awful. That sounds like a Peter Pan fucking bus ride. It it's does. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Wing war. So when you say no, uh, no n words on that, that's what came to mind for me. It was getting right. my heart ripped out one time while <laughs> getting swished up against the window. It was this was so to- it was so hysterical because the the apologize usually the thing is like we're sorry we he his in the apology he's saying more racist it, it yeah. just gets progressively yeah. more racist <laughs> I don't understand what it's like this I'm sorry that I think that you're inferior <laughs> you're right. like what the f- come on dude just shut the fuck you just just take the knee take well, the knee and we mentioned a minute ago um, yeah. in the last story we were saying that the apology doesn't really do anything you might as well double down mm. <laughs> this guy this guy yeah he doubled down <laughs> he doubled the fuck down <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe oh, oh. yeah he <laughs> and just to go into some statistics because I, I have these written down oh, here as shit. well there are approximately 6,000 University of Illinois students who are from China which makes uh, just upwards of 12% of the student body, which is, that's almost to like one in eight or nine or so every student from China. So like clearly that's the pool of people that he offended in doing this. That's just, right. <sighs> Why do I always feel like, I always feel like people being semi-racist towards Asians is like, okay. Like I would feel like if you're in LA doing stand up, like to diss Mexicans is like totally like commonplace. Whereas also in New York, it's like they interchange with Asians or like making Chinese jokes. Have you seen that at all? Have you I noticed that? I, no. Where it's like, of, oh, I I'm talking about a Chinese delivery Coast, guy so or something like I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was saying I haven't really done a whole lot of stand-up on the West Coast, but I imagine there'd be more Asian people there because of just geography. The West Coast of America is closer to Asia, so... Right. Know. But what I'm saying is like there, and I feel like in LA when you're doing stand-up, like you'll hear like people make some really off-color Mexican remarks. Like, oh, this piece of shit truck, you know, like some Mexican would drive or blah, blah, blah. And then like here, it'll be like some, they'll do some Asian joke where it's really off-color. I feel like I've heard more off-color Asian jokes you know, in I New heard, York than anywhere else. I heard an Asian comic talking about this on stage. I don't remember who it was. Talking about how like his friends will say Asian jokes like to his face all the time because it's so like accepted here. So right, maybe you're right. Yeah, there's some truth to that. Yeah, well, I always I, I interpret as part of it is like when there is a when there is a um, a minority that's been oppressed. Right. Making racist jokes about about that minority. That's where we kind of get our guard up because they have been oppressed. And I think Asians aren't really seen as an oppressed minority. They've been oppressed way in the past, but now like Asians aren't uh, 
aren't a group that's like be, really being well, put Well, during upon. like, you know, World War II era, obviously they were. They're literally putting right. camps. But right. now, <laughs> nowadays they're known for like being techies and like doctors and having good jobs and shit. So yeah, right. I think it's so been I think that's three why generations. It's, and yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I think it's easier. I, I don't think it's as, it's not, like we're not, that's why you can make fun of white people and you can't make fun of, you know, uh, um, like any oppressed minority. Like that's what, right. that's, that's where that comes from. It's because white people aren't oppressed. Asians aren't really oppressed. Yeah. So right. back to the, uh, speaking of Asians, let's get back to the uh, Chinese bus outrage <laughs> situation here. Uh, I'm going to go legit outrage in this one. Like, look, when you're in your yeah. living room, if you don't like people of another race, great, do it. But if you're running a corporate company and you're putting out a sales email, that is not the time or the place to start a fucking race war. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, it, it's just like what Perry said. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, he's like, the, the selling point is none of these un-American <laughs> Chinese people on our bus. <sighs> legit outrage, yo. I'm going legit, too. We're doing it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So before we go, we always give our guests the opportunity. Perry Strong, is there anything yeah. you're currently pissed off about in the universe you want to let some steam off on? Oh, my God. Yeah, let's see if I'm going to do this. Let's see if I'm going <laughs> to hang myself over here. I mean, oh God, I just... Right now, I just want, <laughs> oh, here we go, landmines. I don't know. I just, I, I want to feel safe being a man again. You know, I want to be able to tell a lady, hey, what's up? Give her a hug. You know, tell her she looks nice and not worry. I'm going to get a catch a rape case. You know, I think mm -hmm. things are a little crazy right now. I think. Uh, so you're, you're outraged at the uh, sensitivity of accusation culture? Yes. Okay. Amen. They, that very well said there. Well spoken. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying to figure. Look, to keep going though. Keep yeah, I, yeah, I'm trying to. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't know this was coming. I would have uh, maybe thought about this a little. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I just feel like everything is uh, everything's really hot and everything's really sensitive right now. Just, I mean, yeah. especially, especially in comedy, um, everything is. You know, I've heard witch hunts. Actually, I'll even talk about this. I don't know if I should, but I'm gonna. I recently. Thank you for listening to this episode. We'll see you next time. <laughs> no, fuck it. No, I. Um, you know, I was at home the other day. It was about 1 p.m. And a female comic wrote to me and asked me if I was friends. Uh, she's New York, and she asked me if I was friends with a New York comic. Was I was going with an L.A. comic, and I said yes. And she's like, well, he sexually assaulted me. And I was like, okay, that's terrible. Are, are we breaking this on the fake outrage report? <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I won't say any names. But oh, um, <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if this even goes with it. I just want to talk about it because I haven't really talked to anyone about it. And... Uh, you know, she asked, yeah, yeah, I've been sexual. I'm like, that's terrible. And now this is, I mean, like, you know, some background. I barely know either of these people. I've performed with both of them once. And I've had probably two or three conversations with each. So she's like, well, if you want to, she's like, well, this happened. And like, he went to the courts. And she started telling me all this stuff. And I'm kind of like, I don't know why she's telling me this stuff. And then it kind of comes down to. Yeah, legally, should she be not talking yeah, about Yeah, but right? I guess something, I guess it was like concluded with the police. But her final message to me was. Well, if you want to be friends with him, that's cool, but I have to unfriend you on Facebook. Oh. Now, that's one, well, that's like the local equivalent of being like, everybody who's a Trump supporter, I want you to delete me off this page right now because I only want people who agree with me on my Facebook page. Right. That's one. It's like, look, there are a lot of people that you meet in this industry, and sometimes you are friends with somebody that does something shitty. Sometimes right. you're closer than others. Right. But it's like, dude, if somebody's your friend for years and years, you're going to try to help that person grow and evolve and get past whatever horrible shit they did and change from it and not do it again. Right. Not just delete them off the page so somebody else can feel good about it. Right. Because basically what she's doing is she's punishing you 
for somebody else's behavior. Right. Sort of, in a way. Well, it's it's, it's that, and I mean, uh, look, I'm not, inv- I mean, I, I, she deleted me, I'll probably delete him, because I really don't give a fuck about either of them. But I'm really, and I'm pissed <laughs> off that I'm in this, I'm like, why? I'm like, but now it's like, do I have to worry about that this girl's going to say that I didn't delete him fast enough, and I'm now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, you know, that's what I'm worried about. And, you know, I've had beefs in comedy with people, and I've had arguments and, and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And you're like, all right, is that really, is that how we're living now? It's like, you have to... Now you have to worry about. I mean, you always have to worry about who your friends are, who you surround yourself with. Well, to answer your question, yes. And and let me let me take it a step further. Is it like I'd say the last year and a half or so, ever since things in this country started getting divisive, you know, be it with gender or politics, whatever the case is, um, there is a tendency nowadays for people to be like. Pick a fucking team. You're with us right. or you're against us. You're either going to go to the, this rally with me or you're a Nazi. Right. Like there's no in between anymore. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Yeah, it's really. So a, it, yeah. it's a micro situation you were put into that you. Right. Because you're just a regular neutral guy like me. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, what the fuck? Yeah. I'm like, well, if that's. If, if, and the thing is, you know, I hate to be the guy to doubt, but I don't I don't know the story. But I'm like, why am I involved in this whole terrible situation? <laughs> And now I'm scared of possible, but it's my name. I don't want my name even being touched in that shit. So it's like you're just getting dirty. I'm, so the best was, thing to do I was is, eating uh, oatmeal. I was home eating fucking oatmeal. <laughs> what kind of oatmeal? Apple cinnamon? No, it was plain. And I put a little, I put a scoop of peanut butter. In. It's yeah, that's nice. it is okay. kind of fraught because like when you hear like the accusations against like like Louis C.K. or Harvey Weinstein, people would be like, "Why did everyone enable this?" But like you hear bits and pieces of something, you don't know how true it is. You don't know how false it is. You can't. You can't do the investigation well, Sandeep, that the New York Times you saying right. that means that you hate women. See, that's the culture. I was just making yeah, 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 yeah. That's the culture we're in now. Yeah. Is like the you, New York Times got to, they got to interview the person, got them to go on the record, then they got to interview, you know, they did their due diligence. And that's why it was powerful when the New York Times did it. But no, not everyone, no one knew what the New York Times knew, you know, just because you hear something from somewhere. Well, it's you funny because the Louis, the Louis thing, it, it was funny because I had a lot of friends who weren't comics, too, who were hitting me up like, yo, did you hear about that? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I've known bits and pieces of that story for like years now, and so has everyone right. around me. But you don't know how much. I never, a heard, I never heard any of that shit. I mean, but oh, I, yeah, it's yeah. not a secret at all. And I want to say we were kind of talking before. I'm like, did this guy, uh, did this guy ever pull his dick out in front of anyone talented or uh, attractive? <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't seem that way. Well, speaking of that too, I'm waiting. Speaking of talent and attractive, I'm waiting for a good-looking guy to get brought down from this, right? Because you notice it's all been trolls. I'm waiting for George Clooney or fucking Tom Brady or someone to be brought down by it, you know? Right. Or right. what's the soccer player Messi or Beckham? When when oh, David right. Beckham exactly. gets locked up and loses his soccer contract for 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 sexual whatever, then mm-hmm. you know what I mean. There is that yeah. for there, sure. There's, there's an element gonna, of that. There's not going to be any good looking dudes in that fucking list, man, because girls <laughs> want to fuck them all the time, you know. And it's it's and girls aren't going to regret it, you know. I you know I'm not once again not denying anything, but you know a lot of women have regret, and then they'll change some shit, you know. It's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And and again, we're not trying to minimize what happened to anybody. No, not at all. Okay, we don't want that to happen to anybody. We're on your team here, okay? But mm-hmm. we do like to fucking crack jokes about it. Crack wise, don't we, Perry? That's right, baby. And that's, that's what we're right. doing here on the show today. Rape is not funny. Definitely not. But you should be allowed to say hello. You should be. I just think I think you should be allowed. <laughs> oh my god! That's not for a segue. Uh, I'm like, look, you know, I think it's one. It's like you. If you do something to ruin someone's life, that's that's a fucked up thing. But then if you do something that kind of ruins their day, 
which is like, you know, it's like if someone was like asked you out multiple times, like you have to be, you shouldn't live in fear of being like, hey, what's up? I want to take you out, whatever. But I feel like it's things shit swinging where people are just going to be like, I don't want to be near girls. I don't want to work near girls. I don't want to do shit. The way things are moving right now. I feel like it's going to be very separated. Chris Rock made that joke. He's like, yo, I'm not, I don't even want to hire women on my movies anymore, on my shows. And he walked out to silence, sadly. But did you see that? Did you see I that? heard about it. That was a bestseller yeah, yeah, like yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, where he was trying to make a joke. I mean, he was just, I mean, clearly he he's presenting, uh, those of you who aren't in comedy, that's called presenting an absurd solution to a problem. Right. He does, he's not actually going to do that. No. But people, they take it seriously now because they're fucking crazy and that's the culture we're in. Yeah. Oh, that fucking fake outrage culture. Fake outrage. Everyone's pissed off. But, I, you know, I just hope everyone is, you know, better after this. And I hope Harry Strong can say hello to more of you uh, <laughs> in the most gentle, kind way. And Thank for you for the latest outrage. That's why you should listen to the fake outrage report. <laughs> that's right. The least important debate show on the internet. Uh, thank you all for listening. I did the plugs earlier today, but once again, the fake outrage report at gmail.com is the email. Fake outrage wrapped on Twitter. Give us those good reviews. Sandeep Sen, any parting thoughts? Uh, I don't mind riding buses with Chinese people. <laughs> <laughs>